Hey everybody and welcome to Orla's Happy Hormones Podcast episode 6. So over the last few weeks you've heard me talk an awful lot around period problems, women's problems, hormones, things like that. I've focused on the different phases of our menstrual cycles, fertility, what you can do to help with fertility, what's inhibiting fertility, the likes of endocrine disruptors, things like that. Also I've talked about smear tests and, smear tests and the importance of getting them done. And... I also talked about the pill and hormonal contracept hormonal contraceptions and what the what the side effects are and how they really affect our bodies. And last week you heard me talk about hormones and weight loss and how there's so many different factors when it comes to hormones. Like you're looking at your stress hormones, your sex hormones, your thyroid hormones. There's so many different elements at play when it comes to the female body and between the male body as well, but I'm focusing more on female health and women's health, but for now, you know what I mean. I'm talking about your estrogen progesterone, the estrogen dominance, low progesterone, different conditions like endometriosis, PCOS, pelvic inflammatory disease, ovarian cysts. All these sorts of topics is really what I'm covering and what I have been covering. But to be honest, it's it's really only the tip of the iceberg. Even with today's episode, I'm focusing on PMS. And PMS is such a varied condition and it's a condition that's been around since ancient times. It's always been there, but women have known how to deal with it themselves way back when they were in tune with their bodies and they knew how to fuel their bodies properly because they were listening to their bodies and their food cravings and different things like that. Now this is going back to way back when, before modern day technology and food corporations and all that jazz came into play. But yeah, so like it's only since the 1960s, 1970s that PMS is actually considered a genuine health problem for women. Before this, it was literally written off as women being emotional or just women being women. And it wasn't the case. Like so many women suffered for years and still do suffer in this time and point with PMS and different symptoms of PMS. In times past, there were fears around the term PMS being used against women, like with the increasing increasing cases and women speaking out more. There has been an influx in medical meetings and research studies, but there is still that stigma attached to women when it comes to PMS and PMT. Now, don't get me wrong with what I'm about to say. I do, I would class myself... Yes, as a feminist, but really more as an equalist. I think we all have to have equal rights. I do believe that over the generations and the patriarch and everything like that, it has had a massive effect and women were kept down for centuries. I have my own belief system on where this comes from and it's the fear around women's power. When you look at women, when you look at what we can do, physically even like we can we can create life and sustain life within us we are a very very powerful species and but unfortunately just with I'm with what I'm about to say a lot of feminist groups thought that putting an actual label on a condition saying that it's premenstrual tension or premenstrual syndrome that it would give men uh 
a further tool to just bring us down with and leave us unvalidated. And I completely get that and I do understand that. But unfortunately, having that attitude, be it feminist groups or be it men, it has diminished what PMS really is and how it affects women on a daily basis. And like I said, don't get me wrong, I am all about the woman power and the female power. But again, I did say I'm an equalist. You know, I do believe that. I just don't understand why there is a gap. You know, I just, everything should be equal. I don't understand why there is a gap. Um, But I do understand having to fight for women's rights and women having to work harder and get paid less and all the misogynies that are out there. It, It is frustrating, but I think for me personally, it's just, I don't understand why there's a gap. In my head, it's we're all equal. You look at kids in Sweden, and they were put through studies of. I remember watching the video; it was phenomenal. It was like a girl and a boy, and they were both to- told to do the same amount of work. Nine times out of ten, the girls did more work than the boys, but the boys got paid. Now these were kids that were around, I think, between six and ten. But at the end of that study not study at the end of that exercise the little boys turned around and said this isn't fair why is this happening and they shared their reward which was sweets they shared their reward with the girl so this tells us that sexism and misogyny it's it's a learned process this is something that little boys are taught Not every man is sexist. They're not. You just, you have to look at the ones who were taught right. These personality traits are learned through society, but also through family. So I think that's why I always say I'm an equalist, because I look at the way, I look at the way my brother was brought up, and I look at the way my uncles are, and I look at... And my father and my brother-in-laws and my partner even, they're all very much push women to be the best that they can be. Not out of an obligation to us, but just out of because they want the best for us, just like they want the best for themselves. So yeah, for me it's, it's why I'm an equalist, because in my family I'm very lucky that I'm in a family where it's, it's equal opportunities for everyone involved. My brother had to wash his own clothes, he had to iron his own clothes, he had to cook his own meals, just like myself and my sister did. To be honest, he kind of actually did a bit more. I don't iron. I hate ironing. I refuse to do it. It drives me crazy. Well, he'll do it, not a bother, so if ever I need it and done, I'll bring it up to him, if I have to. But yeah, that's me waffling on again, because it, it kind of is what I tend to do when I get started. So back to the topic at hand, which is PMS. So what is... PMS, it's premenstrual syndrome or premenstrual tension, PMT. It's related to one or two things really, so either high estrogen or high progesterone. About 65 to 75% of women who are menstruating suffer from PMS, uh, but 60% of those who suffer with it, they actually have estrogen dominance. Now I have spoken about estrogen dominance before, so if you go back through my Instagram feed, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, it's easy to find out how, or not how, it's easy to find out 
what you are if you're estrogen dominant or if you're progesterone dominant um it all it is is a saliva test you go to your doctor you ask them to do a saliva test to see if you have more estrogen or more progesterone or if things are balanced to be honest if you're suffering from symptoms of pms or severe periods anything like that i would always recommend going to your doctor anyway getting blood tests done and finding out is there actually something going on with your hormones? Could even be thyroid function. Again, I talked about that in one of my last podcasts, the hormones and weight loss one, if you want to check that one out. But what are the symptoms of PMS? There's so many, and they start anywhere from two to three days before your period. And But in some cases, in a lot of cases, this happens in women who are in their kind of 30s and further on. It's when you start getting symptoms of PMS and there's nothing done about them. And it just keeps going and going and going that they'll get worse over time. But it can start for anywhere from two to three days before your period or and in, in a lot of cases up to two weeks before your period. So basically you have your period, then you have a few days free of sanity because for a lot of women you feel like you're going fucking crazy. And then you're straight back in to the, all the PMS symptoms. Now... For a lot of women, it's not usually until your period comes that symptoms will start to reduce. But for some women, it does continue on into your period for the first couple of days. But for a lot of women, it's like as soon as that bleed comes, it's like this sigh of relief. And you're just like, oh, thank God. It's here. And automatically, you do feel sane. I know for me, when I have really bad PMS, I haven't had it in a long time now. There was a time over two years ago where I think I was having two or three days of normality and then it was just crazy all the time. But for me, my estrogen levels were through the roof and I was suffering horrifically with um, with chocolate cysts and inflammation in the pelvis, all that jazz. And my PMS was all over the place. I felt really sorry for my partner at the time, actually. And I kept, I just kept pulling a rager all the time. My poor mother was constantly saying it to me or you need to calm down you need to relax and I'm like I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you I'm fine you all have the problem but no it was me and it was down to my hormones so yeah what are the symptoms of it so it ranges so much for some women any like for some anyone who suffers with PMS you can have some or all of these there's bloating cramping sore boobs acne aggression, rage, even manic episodes, anxiety, palpitations, irritability, fatigue, migraine, back pain, confusion, foggy brain, depression, nausea, fluid retention, sex drive change, it can go either really low or really high, urinary difficulties where you're constantly getting urinary tract infections or even just peeing is agony, pooping problems, trying to go to the toilet, trying to have a poo, can be agony because of the inflammation forgetfulness insomnia all mighty food cravings i know for me the day right before my period and this i have a little i have some pms symptoms that last for a few days beforehand but i have most of my stuff under control the one i don't have under control is the food cravings i I cannot stop putting food in my mouth and it doesn't matter what it is it will be anything I whatever's in the fridge whatever's in the press oat cakes 
rice cakes, celery, hummus, chocolate, anything that is there, I will eat it and there's no stopping me. And it's not that I'm in this binge heavy craze, I just cannot satisfy my hunger and it's an actual starvation and this is a symptom of PMS. And again, this is all down to your hormone fluctuations. And one thing I want to clarify is I've mentioned cramping in that list, but that's not your menstrual cramping that I'm talking about. So a lot of writings call menstrual cramps PMS, but that's not actually the case. Like menstrual cramps are caused from uterine contractions and cramping from high prostaglandin levels. And your prostaglandin levels are secreted to produce cramps, to produce uterine contractions to shed the lining of the womb. Cramping pre-period is usually due to excess levels of prostaglandins. So you're just way too many levels of prostaglandins and then that cramping is starting before your period, not when you have your period. Some women can have periods with no cramps, but they have horrific PMS and vice versa. It's different for every single woman. But even with saying, even saying that with the hundreds of scientific studies and papers that have been published there's still no magic cure for PMS. There's none whatsoever. They say there is with using the likes of the pill and stuff, but that's not a magic cure. And why is that? It's because they use a reductionistic approach and that's basically looking for the chemical cause and then the cure. So chemical cause, cure, let's find the gap and we'll fix it. Well, it just doesn't work that way because PMS in its nature is multifactorial like there's so many different factors that you have to take into consideration like it's specific to every individual because like I always say everybody's body is different everybody has a different chemical makeup and it's why doctors still do prescribe the likes of the pill or anti-prostaglandin medications like Ponston if any of you out there suffer with really bad periods or PMS and severe pain with endometriosis or PCOS guaranteed you are on Ponston I've got a bottle in my bag myself and I know I'm a herbalist but I have the bottle there for those cases if it comes out of nowhere and I'm screwed. Last month I ended up having a severe period and then this month I'm after having a flare-up mid-cycle all through ovulation so it's there obviously I know there's something going on that's my body's signal to me that I'm out of out of sync with myself it's my body's way of telling me or that, what are you doing wrong? What have you lacked in? And I know myself what it is. Bit of stress, bit of running around like a headless chicken for the last few weeks and not preparing my meals. And so I've been eating on the go. Now, I'm very lucky because I work only five minutes away from my mam's house. So... I'll go down to hers for lunch and she's always got a fridge stocked. Let's all be honest here. Who doesn't go into their mother's house and just raid the fridge? But my mom is great. She has really good foods. The fridge is always stocked with loads of fruit and veg and uh, my organic sourdough bread, things like that. So I'll have something there, but like then I'm, I am picking up uh, shop-bought soups, things like that. And they're still full of you know, preservatives and cream and all that and it's not what I'm used to having so I know that my triggers have been stress and lack of preparation but I also know that that's going to change within the next couple of days because 
I'm not risking going through another month like what I did this month. So like I said, like it goes back to, it needs to be tackled with a, a holistic approach. It needs to be approached looking at the mind, emotions, diet, exercise, stress and relationships. There's a fantastic book uh, called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom and it's by Dr. Christian Northrup. I love her book. I'm absolutely in love with it. She is an MD and specialises in female endocrinology and she just has this connection with the female power and like the book is called Women's Bodies with Women's Wisdom and it's all about connecting back into our female nature and it's something that we've lost over the generations and there's many different reasons for this but a lot of the time it's by trying to fight for our rights and our equality and things like that that a lot of us have become more not male in energy but we are losing a lot of our female energy through this fight now there's nothing wrong with losing the fight there's nothing wrong with fighting for equality there if anything it's fucking phenomenal and we have to keep doing it and we have to keep pushing forward especially for our daughters and our daughter's daughters our nieces like I look at my two beautiful nieces and I'm like no we have to have a world of equality for these two little girls but sometimes in the process we can lose a bit of our female energy and it's the same for men men can sometimes lose a bit of their male energy and have a bit more of a feminine energy but there's nothing wrong with it because we all have male and female energies it's just a matter of finding the balance there but yeah like I said it's, it's all about doing the holistic approach because there is no magic pill and doctors know this and they prescribe the pill but come on how many of you out there are on the pill and how many side effects have you got and you've still got fucking PMS you know let's be honest with yourselves so you got to look at what's actually going on internally and also externally when you're looking at external factors again I have a post on my Instagram page about endocrine disruptors and now not all endocrine disruptors just two types because there's a hell of a lot more out there than just herbicides and pesticides but what are pesticides pesticides are a chemical that are sprayed on insects designed specifically to kill off the reproductive system of those insects so they cannot reproduce those chemicals are then left on these crops veg fruit grains then we're consuming them because even washing them you're not getting rid of them because they're embedded in the flesh now i'm not going to get fully into it all because to be honest that is a podcast all in itself about the dangers of herbicides pesticides things that have been sprayed on our foods and then different people coming out saying that it's all bullshit when actually in fact it's not bullshit and there's so many studies and conflicting studies as well and something i always say you got to look you got to read the studies you got to read these research papers. you got to see who's funding them. So I'll come back to you on a podcast with all the information on herbicides and pesticides because it is it deserves one for itself. But anyway, what can you do to help yourself and to help your own PMS? There's, there's so many things you can do, but there's so many different factors at play. So like your diet so certain nutritional factors are a huge role in pms like high consumption of dairy and wheat products 
due to their inflammatory nature and again the herbicides and pesticides that are sprayed on the crops for the wheat these play a huge role the high inflammation levels and then what they're actually doing to our reproductive system as well then also magnesium deficiency do you ever wonder why you're craving so much chocolate like raw cacao has some of the highest magnesium levels out there and like chocolate and magnesium cravings they're completely linked like this is this is known this is fact then also stress caffeine alcohol they all lower magnesium levels and it's literally done through the urina- urination excretion like caffeine and alcohol are diuretic so you're you're peeing all the time so you're losing all your essential your essential minerals so yeah like there are a lot of factors out there and like the reason I talk a lot about magnesium as well is because the liver needs magnesium the whole body needs magnesium but the liver needs magnesium to be able to metabolize estrogen the body also needs magnesium like your nervous system needs magnesium magnesium is one of the main components for forming the myelin sheath which is the way I describe it is like um when you look at a wire like a plug um and that outer coating that's your myelin sheath sheath on your nervous system and so we need magnesium to create that it's when you hear that people are wiry or nervous you know it's coming from that then the likes of eating way too much refined sugar and processed foods and food-like substances i talked about it so many times like the food that's out there it's crap it's not all of it if you buy good quality food it's great for you you know as Hippocrates said let food be thy medicine and medicine be, be thy food but some of the stuff that's out there like your boxed cereals that say it's rich in vitamin k and vitamin d and all this it's not it's not available to the body it's cardboard all your microwavable meals things like that you know now i know sounding quite hypocritical here because over the last couple of weeks i haven't been preparing my own food but the choices I've been buying while not preparing are still better than your microwave stuff. Like I'm still having my oats, my porridge. I'm having my sourdough rye bread. I'm having it with tuna. I'm eating a lot of tuna at the moment, which I know I shouldn't be because of the mercury levels. But I'm packing it full of veggies then. Like I'm putting in my organic tomatoes, scallions, onions, peppers, spinach, like I'm I'm packing it up then with other f- veggies, do you know? So even if you need to go for an easy option, just pick something that you can pack in with easy do veggies when you're in periods of high stress. But yeah, like, so we need to be reducing out all that processed food and all the refined sugar. It's just, it's so highly inflammatory to the body and again a lot of conditions like endos pcos ovarian cysts it's all inflammation related and then making sure that like your magnesium levels are on point and then also like low levels of vitamin b12 and b6 and vitamin c e and selenium like they're all linked to higher levels of estrogen and then poor liver metabolism like we need these bit like you hear of multivitamins and all that and people say oh yeah you just need that for a bit of energy no your body needs them for proper function so like the likes of your liver metabolism for liver detoxification the different pathways two different pathways i won't get into the science of it because i'd be going on all night over it all but we need these essential vitamins and minerals for our bodies to function it's why you get cravings 
because your body's craving something particular. Like I said, when you're craving chocolate, it's actually magnesium that you're craving. And then as well, like fat, essential fatty acids. I talk about how important healthy fats are so much. Hormones cannot be produced without fat. So forget about your low fat, no fat diets. Please, they're fucking shite for you. All that's in them is sugar and crap. You need healthy sources of fat. Now, me personally, I don't consume that much dairy, but that's for my own personal conditions. It doesn't agree with me. For people who dairy does agree with, okay, have your dairy, but have full fat. Have full fat yogurt. Have full fat cottage cheese. Have full fat butter. Forget about those fake butter spreads. I'll give you an experiment. In the summer, leave a tub of butter and a tub of flora. Now, not a tub of butter, but a block of real butter and a tub of flora outside, or sorry, any of your margarine spreads. Leave them outside. See which one gets eaten by the flies. For a fact, I have done this. The flies will not eat margarine spreads because it's full of chemicals. Butter and fats are not the enemy. There are so many different factors at play but fat is needed for proper hormone production. So again, if you're not getting enough fats in you, then like your your supplements, your essential fatty acids, it is something to look at because the essential fatty acids are not only needed for hormone production, but they're actually also needed for the metabolism of vitamin C, zinc, magnesium, and vitamins B12 and B6 again. But look, I know I'm saying like if you're deficient in this mineral or this vitamin and all that. But that doesn't mean that I'm saying to run out straight to the health food store and buy all these supplements. Because like, why do you think everybody is deficient? Again, it's the food-like substances. You get your vitamins and your minerals from your food. You know, it's, it's what fuels us. It's what gives us our energy source. And it's our vital, our vital force. So foods, what can you do? Start increasing your, your fresh fruits and vegetables like your veggies your cruciferous veg all your orange and purple veg they're all rich in vitamin c zinc selenium antioxidants all those minerals that you need fruits loads of berries and strawberries now again when i'm saying all these try and buy organic where possible just because of the pesticides but aldi and little they do a great range in organic and so do your farmer's market go to your local farmer's market but then like whole grains i'm not telling you to give up grains I went paleo for a while. Uh, no, I won't do it again. There's nothing wrong with it. Just for me, I've gone through so many different extreme diets and I did it to know what they were like so that I could advise people on if they were going to do a crazy, not a crazy diet, but if they were going to do an extreme diet that I'd have the information and I'd have the the personal know-how. So like I've done paleo, I wouldn't do it again simply because I think grains certain grains are too important so the likes of your organic rolled oats and your organic brown rice you know that is actually a protein source as well and it's a great complex carb and it's again rich in vitamins minerals that are really needed for the body like your your folic acid your selenium your b vitamins you know you need a healthy well-balanced diet that's what they mean by a well-balanced diet now the likes of your grains and stuff yes you would have in moderation i don't mean in tiny proportions but 
you're what you're really looking for is to know your protein source if you're a meat eater or a fish eater palm size piece of protein fistful of complex carbs so your veggies thumb size piece of fat that's your standard kind of rate it all depends on the person and it all depends on your metabolism up it if you eat a lot and you feel that you need more of a fuel source than that again like if you're training hard or if you're just constantly running like I can't tell someone what to eat calorie wise without seeing them or without seeing how many how much they eat in a day anyway so it's all relative to every single person so but just literally have another way of saying it a third or quarter your plate meat a quarter your plate um the likes of heavy carbs like heavy complex carbs like your grains or your sweet potato or your regular potato if you're having regular potato it has to be organic it is a great source of vitamin c but make sure it's organic and then the other half full of veggies and a bit of fat a little bit of fat but full of veggies the more colorful your plate the better it is for you you want your plate to look like a rainbow because then you know that you're getting all these anti-inflammatories all the flavonoids all the anthocyanins you're getting all these really good phytochemicals from your food and that's what's going to give you energy and what's going to boost your immune system but even with saying that like a lot of hormonal problems now unfortunately can be down to the likes of leaky gut and autoimmune conditions and that's all again down to our environment and stress and the foods that we have been consuming so get yourself a good probiotic get like udo super eight it's a really good probiotic like it has 42 billion it's 42 billion microbes per serving you know it's it's phenomenal and that's what you need you need good bacteria in your gut and like it it also goes down to your gut brain axis and that connection and when you have a healthy gut you have a healthy mind you have a healthy body so yeah get your probiotics take them every morning and you know you know then that you're being proactive with with your gut health like I said, I'm not saying to go out and buy loads of supplements, but if you were to buy one supplement, it would be a good probiotic. And also apple cider vinegar I take in the morning as well. One teaspoon diluted in a medium glass of water. You need to dilute your apple cider vinegar because it will just strip the enamel off your teeth and your teeth will become bright yellow. So it really needs to be um, diluted down. But again, that's a pre and probiotic. So it's really good for helping you to absorb the nutrients into your gut. Now, supplementing long-term can have a reverse effect. So that's why I'm saying get it from your food. Now, if you feel like you are a bit deficient in things, then go get a good multivitamin. Now, a good quality multivitamin. One that where everything is bioavailable in the body. Revive Active is one of my favorites um, because it has everything in it. So get yourself a good multivitamin, but only take it for about four to six weeks. And then come off it and get your nutrients from your food. Probiotics, though, I that's one I would take continue, continuously. But, like, yeah, you do need to look at your nutrition when we're talking about PMS and any hormonal problems or any condition, really. Anything got to do with life. And I know it can be hard. Again, hypocrite here, holding my hand up. I haven't been looking after myself properly over the last couple of weeks. 
but that's changing because I have a plan in action now and that's what I do. I've, I have a problem, I need to fix it, I laid out my plan. But for yourselves, like to make it simple, like the likes of your breakfast, have easy things, like have overnight oats. It takes two minutes to make the night before and then when you get up in the morning, it's there. Have smashed av- avo on a slice of sourdough rye. Phenomenal breakfast source. And you'll throw some tomatoes in on top of it as well, or some scallions, whatever you like, or poached egg with it as well. So you're getting really good healthy fats and complex carbs. Try and get a seeded sourdough rye to get a protein source in there, but with your egg, you have your protein source. You always have to have protein with every meal to sustain you. It's not carbs that sustain you, it is protein. What else? Oh yeah, scrambled eggs and veggies. And then for your lunch, have homemade soups and get some chicken, cook it off, throw it in. It's a whole meal. You've got your complex carbs, you got your protein. Put either a spoon of yogurt or some ghost cheese in with it and there's your fat. Make some mason jar salads the night before. So easy, throw everything into a jar. There it is, you bring it to work with you. But make sure to put a bit of ginger or something in there or chilli just for heat in this cold weather. You need warming foods in this cold weather. Weather. Then your dinner, like your homemade shepherd's pie, such a nutritious meal as long as you're making it right you're not using the packet stuff so easy to make packet full of veggies you don't have to use potatoes as a topping you can use mashed up carrots and parsnips or what I use a lot of the time is mashed up parsnips and cauliflower with leeks and scallions and it's so flavoursome like other things like veggie chilies that get make a big pot of chili con carne but pack it full with veggies and it's so good for you even chicken fried rice you can if you make chicken fried rice from good quality ingredients you're still having a really good meal you pack it full of your veggies you get your organic brown rice and you get a good piece of chicken and then it's just all about seasoning you know like you can eat really well really cheap and really nutritious you just have to be prepared. Again, I know I'm a hypocrite. Don't worry, I'm getting back into it. So yeah, I am talking a lot about your food and stuff, but there are some supplements that you you do need. If you're in a really bad state of PMS constantly, then you do need to supplement with certain things. And the main two that are really needed are your essential fatty acids, so like your, your omegas, your omega-3s, like you get these from nuts, seeds, sunflower seeds especially, and you can get it from flaxseed, but there is debate at the moment with flaxseed and its phytoestrogens. I can't speak today, sorry. And But then there is supplements that you can get. The supplement I would recommend would be more EPA. It's the only thing that I would tell my clients to get but that that's a really good ethically sourced fish oil so your your omega-3s if you're eating wild fi- or oily fish you need to be eating wild salmon again because of the pesticides that are being sprayed on farm farmed salmon also a uh, vitamin b complex like b vitamins are needed they're needed for liver function and it's also needed so it can so your liver can metabolize excess estrogen it's also used for energy production and stress reduction, everything really, to be honest. If you're having really bad PMS symptoms, your omega-3s and your B vitamin are yeah, your B vitamins, they're really important. The B vitamin complex I would recommend would be BioCare. 
um, it's a good one on a budget. Then like there's loads of herbs that you can use. Um, one thing I will say if you are looking to go down a herbal route, don't just start buying loads of different herbs and start self-prescribing this, that and the other. You really need to go and speak to a herbalist and I would highly recommend you speak to a herbalist, book in for a consultation with someone. It doesn't have to be me, it can be with anybody. And There's a few down in Dr. Clare's Apothecary back the west and I love her shop. Um, that's in Galway and there's loads all over the country. One of my favourites is um, Vilma Matavicute up in Dublin. She's a phenomenal herbalist and she's magical really. But she, she knows her stuff. And then Roisin O'Kelly in Breath of Life Clinic. They're both phenomenal herbalists. So they're up in Dublin if anyone's up in that region. But herbs that are really good. So the likes of your Angelica Sinensis, Black Cohosh, Ladies Manta, Vitex Agnes Castis, Wild Jams. They all help in balancing your estrogen and progesterone levels. So a lot of them I wouldn't be recommending going out just getting. But... What I would recommend people to get then would be a, a liver herb because it's your liver that metabolizes hormones. So either dandelion root, burdock root, milk thistle or asparagus. Now dandelion root if you're really irritable and people just piss you off. Milk thistle if you're really weepy. But with milk thistle you can't take it if you're on the pill. I've talked about this before. Burdock root, um, if you find that you have a lot of acne, burdock is a, spe- is a liver herb specific for skin conditions. And then asparagus would be for those stages of complete and utter rage. If you find that you're going into manic states, asparagus is quite good for that. And then herbs for managing stress. Do you know and herbs for man- like not just emotional stress, but physical stress on the body? So the likes of your ashwagandha, your Siberian ginseng, your rhodiola and your shatavari. Me personally, depending on the person, I like for me, I would take Siberian ginseng personally for me because it really agrees with me and I have a real affinity for, for its compounds. Um, but shatavari is a really good adaptogenic herb for women. Uh, debatable on whether just for menopause, but I actually think it's quite good for PMS too. Um, but yeah, ad- adaptogenic herbs, they're for stress management physically and emotionally. And that brings me on to having to, another thing with PMS is reducing your stress. Again, I've talked about it, we're living in a rat race, we're running around like headless chickens, we gotta, we gotta do something about our stress. And like if you're in a chronic state of stress, it's raising your cortisol levels and like yes, cortisol levels are good for your fight or flight and good for certain aspects, but like I'm talking about when you're in chronic states of stress. Cortisol is there for its reason. Everything in your body is there for its purpose. But it's when you're in a chronic state of stress, your cortisol levels and your adrenaline levels go through the roof. Then these are coming from your adrenal glands and your adrenal glands also produce estrogen. So when the adrenal glands are kind of firing constantly, you're also getting excess adrenal, uh, estrogen being pumped out too. So you've got, really got to look at managing the stress levels. There's loads of different ways to do about it. Like I've talked about this before, like exercise. Exercise is a great way of reducing stress simply because it releases dopamine and serotonin. Two other hormones, your happy hormones, literally they are called your happy hormones. Exercise releases dopamine and serotonin. I'm not saying go to the gym for three hours a day. I did that before. I loved it, but it was just too much as well at the same time. 
now I'm only getting in about 30 minutes of active training and that's only four times a week at most now before I used to do five at the moment it's three to four times a week but still that's having a benefit on me also meditation now I'm being a hypocrite here again because I can't meditate it just it doesn't I can't sit down and get my mind to quieten for me meditation is the likes of yoga or actual weightlifting because when you're weightlifting for me when I'm weightlifting I can't think about anything else I have to think about my setup I have to think about my bar I have to think about everything that's going on in the moment also cooking for me I love cooking cooking is my meditation because I have to think about exactly what I'm doing and my mind goes blank but yoga I find really good because it gets me into a state of deep breathing and again you need to work on your breath work then as well like find your stressors what are your stressors is it work? Is it home? Is it family? Is it kids? Is it just life in general? What I always say to people is find your stressors and eliminate them. Now, some can't be eliminated. I understand that. But what bothers you? Like, can you remove yourself from a bad situation? Now, if it's work and you absolutely hate your job, then look at a new job. So you're not a tree. You know, you, you, your roots haven't planted there. You can get up and you can leave. Like, if you hate your job, go. If you're in a relationship that's toxic, now there's different, like, there's different relationships. There's toxic, then there's, you're going through a shit time. Then there's abusive relationships. If you're in a relationship like that, it's very hard to walk away from a relationship and it's very hard to acknowledge if you are in a toxic relationship or you are in an abusive relationship. But it's about if you're seeing red flags, if you're seeing a lot of red flags and you're not doing anything about it, you got to start making actions there. Then like family, is there someone in your family that is really negative towards you? Again, when they're in your family, it's hard to avoid them. But what you can do in situations that you can't leave or you feel like you can't leave, you can change how you feel about them. Do you know, you can change if they have an impact on you. I think everybody in this world has gone through scenarios where somebody that they were once close to, you've drifted apart. Do you know, it happens in life. Do you know, you just, people grow apart and it's, because you don't serve each other's purpose anymore and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's a good thing like I read a book before mutant message down under it's a phenomenal book I actually go back to it all the time and dip in and out of it and it's about soul connections and the the soul promises that we met each other before we came to this earth so it's basically saying how we all meet each other for a reason whether to teach each other or to push each other, or to for you to teach so, someone, or for them to teach you. We all have soul connections. And sometimes these soul connections are only for a short period of time, and then it's time to walk away, and it's time to move on to your next path, and that's okay. But it's all, what I'm saying, though, is like when it comes to stress, you really need to just focus on yourself. And if there are external stressors that you can change, then make the steps to change them it's not going to be 
all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, but if you start making those steps, then it will work. And then as well, like what lessons are the universe trying to teach you from all these stressors? There's a great saying that I always look at that what you don't heal will keep showing up. And it's going to keep happening over and over and over again. If you're in a situation where you're unhappy and you leave, like when I say leave a situation, it's not just about leaving it. Like you can either remove yourself from a situation or else you can change how you feel about it. Personally, I prefer change how you feel about it because if you just leave a situation, the same thing is going to happen. It's going to come back around again until you learn the lesson. And it's the way life works. You will keep getting the same situations and the same scenarios until you learn the lesson. And sometimes we have to go through these learning curves a few times over before we get the lesson. But it will keep happening to you. So like, always look at yourself and look at why you're reacting a certain way, what's being triggered within you. If someone's annoying you, if your boss is annoying you, your family member's annoying you, your partner's annoying you, why are they annoying you? It's, it's within you. So you always have to look at your own shadow side it's that's life everything is a projection of ourselves and so that's stress and hormones and PMS and everything so I've talked about supplements what supplements that you need I've talked about herbs that are good I've talked about PMS and the symptoms and I ended up talking about feminism for some random reason wasn't planning on talking about feminism but yeah, um, I hope I've helped with some questions. I hope I've enlightened you on the facts of some external factors that have effects on you. And, if, and I hope you all have a wonderful Thursday and a wonderful weekend. And yeah, so happy Thursday and happy hormones, everyone.